All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, this will be our third episode today. Um, you got me once again, Greg, uh, Brother Ken, and Brother Scott here today. Um, we're going to dive into uh, tithes, alms, and offerings today, a subject that I've always been interested in since I actually came to Marion Church. Um, it's going to be really cool to hear some perspective other than what my thoughts are on it and um, and be able to tie some scripture to it. So with that being said, um, we're going to dive right into this and uh, pass it off Brother Ken, let him get started on the subject. So, hey, guys, thanks for coming back and being with us. Jesus with coffee. I am the non-coffee drinker, though. I want to make sure everybody <laughs> knows that. I am a cappuccino man, um, and I come to the podcast today, and there is no cappuccino for me. So um, if you guys could go ahead and send in some requests from Brother Greg, for Brother Greg, to get that squared away for the rest of us, we would appreciate it. Right, Scott? Yeah, I'll get you converted to double shots. No, no, no. That's of uh, cappuccino, by the way, right? Not from last week's yeah. subject. Yes. Okay. So, no, so it's great to be back with you guys. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. We just, uh, Brother Greg had a burden for this ministry. It's something that I would had been talking about for a little while with Brother Scott, and, and it just kind of all unfolded. So we're really thankful for it. Um, today... We want to talk about tithes, alms, and offerings. And one of the first things that we want to tell you is, is they're all different. <laughs> you don't yeah. get to pile them all up under one category, right? Because some people think, oh, I'm giving tithe. Um, if I give an offering, then I'll take part of my offering. I'll take part of my tithe and put it in the offering. Or, oh, well, brother so-and-so struggling, so I'll take $50 of my tithe and give tithe and give that to them, to them for alms. But it really don't work that way. They're actually all three very different. And so we're going to try and talk about that a little bit and also talk about how tithe actually works. So first of all, the word tithe simply means tenth. That's all it means. It doesn't mean anything else. I know that there's some ideas out there today about, well, you know, wow, the economy is a whole lot different now. Shouldn't we come up with another word for tithe instead of 10%, tithe 15% or 20%. But you'll find for some folks, it's a struggle for them even to pay that 10%. So um, one of the scriptures that I wanted to read to you is out of Second Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5. And it said, And as soon as the command commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn and wine and oil and honey and of all the increase of the field and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. So the whole reason that I, I read that scripture is because a lot of times people think tithing is just monetary. But I want to ask you a question. What about if we tithe the tenth of our time? That's an interesting thought. What if we um, tithe a tenth of our talents? Mm -hmm. You know, what if, what if we... And so I want us to think of this in concept of worship, not in requirement. Because <clears throat> there are a lot of denominational religions out there that, you know, you're going to go to heaven as long as you pay your tithe monetarily speaking, yeah. right? We're not going to do anything else. We're not going to yeah. show up at church work day. You know, we're not going to be there for vacation Bible school, but hey, we're paying our tithes, so we're going to make it to heaven, right? But it don't work that way. So here they brought in all of all, everything that they could possibly tithe. And I kind of got to thinking about this concept as a very young Christian, Um and I have always tried to tithe some of my time back to God's people um, because I felt like that. And, and I'm not saying it's biblical. You know, that's not what I'm sharing with you. But when you read the scripture of tithe of all things, mm -hmm. all things, time is a thing, right? Our yeah. talents are a thing. Um, our efforts are a thing. And so when we think about this in that context, it kind of brings tithe into a little bit different light for us other than just paying 10%. Yeah. Um, another part of this, and then I'll let you guys jump in here, is it's first fruits. First fruits. So it's not like they gathered up everything they had, picked all the good stuff out, and then they gave God what was left. Now, there's plenty of scripture to let us know, you know, that even going back to the tabernacle, you couldn't bring in an offering that was, you know— blind or lame or had blemishes on it, right. God wouldn't accept that. So I've had people ask me often, many, many times, do I tithe off my gross or my net? <laughs> you know, well, first of all, 
sometimes if you're asking that question, it may simply be for the wrong reasons, right? So, um, but the way I've answered it is I've always tied off the gross because I consider that, according to this scripture, the first fruits. I can't help it that Uncle Sam takes their money. They're going to take their money. I can't help it that Social Security takes their money, which I'm probably not going to get any of it anyhow. I can't help that. But I feel obligated to God in such a way as if I gross, you know, $1,500, then I need to pay a tenth of that is $150. If you think about it and you tithe off your net and after your taxes come out and you're only paying like $1,247 and you're giving God... Um, $127 or whatever it may be, $127.40, right? Really, I feel for me personally, it's almost like you're robbing God of $30. And I've always lived this way, and I can tell you this, God's always blessed it. So that's just the first scripture I want. And then I want to throw this out there to you guys, because now there's this, there's this concept going around, been going around for a little while, even amongst what calls itself Church of God, you don't have tithe at all. There's no tithing in the New Testament. Well, the next scripture that we read, we're going to kind of try to solidify that tithing didn't go away with the New Covenant, okay? Um, And then I'll let you guys jump in, and I want to give you a little bit of history about tithe and just see what your guys' thoughts are so far and go from there. Yeah, I was thinking whenever you were talking about um, thinking about tithing as worship, as your worship to God, um, rather than begrudgingly, you know, you can go back to Cain and Abel and what happened there. So Cain tried to bring, I feel like he brought it begrudgingly. It's like, oh man, I really want to keep all of this. He didn't bring the best that he had. And then Abel brought, you know, just the best that he had. He did it out of a heart of wanting to give back to God. Right. Yeah. And Really, that's where I believe you'll be blessed, right? If you're begrudgingly giving tithes, then it's not going to be a blessing for you, right? God's not going to be able to bless through that if you're like, man, I got to give 10% again. Here comes that offering plate around, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I like how Brother Ken um, was, was framing it there as... It's, it's not always just monetary, but your time, right. your efforts, your talents, giving those back to the Lord. Um, and when you do that, I've always found when you do that willingly, then there's a blessing that comes. Yeah. It's not like God gives you more money or it's just a blessing that you get. Um, it's a good feeling to do that, right? You think your connection with God when you do that, actually, you feel a little closer yes. to Him? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I do. Yeah. You know. It's interesting because this is fresh to me. I know we've, I've heard it in sermons, not not necessarily this message or anything preaching on, on this, but this is it's new to me. And I, I've heard, you know, you know, during services, I've heard Ken say stuff like, you know, tithes, alms and offerings. I'm like, OK, that's great. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, and so me and I, I honestly, this is more this this podcast itself is going to be a huge learning thing for me. I'm super excited. But, you know, in, in the past, I've learned I've, it's always been tithes to me. It's never been anything other and when you needed to give, you gave. It wasn't. It wasn't like if, if somebody if so and so needed, or we took up a law offer and you just, you gave, you know. And um, and it's it's funny because we don't begrudgingly give, you know. At our house, my my wife actually threatens me. Hey, did you pay tithe yet? You know, it's, it's constant, you know. And <laughs> and um, we both pay our tithes differently. And it's interesting to me. Like this, like I said, this whole thing is just. I'm over here in left field. Just oh, this is great, you know, learning, learning. So I'm pretty excited to see how this kind of kind of falls into place. So part of the concept actually started around the old Levitical priesthood um, because the the priest didn't get anything. Yeah. I mean, they weren't allowed to own land. They didn't have a job. They didn't have a job. The yeah. Working in right. the tabernacle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all they did was just work in the tabernacle. So God set it up to where that since they were going to be, and, and remember, you know, we've been doing the tabernacle series, but mm-hmm. I always like people to remember that God's desire was for the whole nation of Israel to yes. be to be priest, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so the thing of it is, is when the Levitical priesthood was set up and them not being able to own land, they had to have a way of being able to be sustained. And so God set up the whole concept of tithe. Now, when Scott talks about, and I actually, that's in Genesis 4 and 3, where he's talking about as far as Cain and Abel goes, that's referred to as an offering. You know, it's not it's not a, a 10% of what you make. That's not the way it works. I mean, so the whole tithe, the whole concept of 10% was 
10% of what Israel would give would sustain the Levitical the priesthood Levitical. at yeah. that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's wasn't like God was like, oh, okay, well, let's get 10% from these guys, and uh, we'll hook the Levitical priesthood up where these guys are sitting like, you know, big fat daddies over here, raking it in, kind of like some of uh, preachers today, right? Yeah. Like, okay, um, can can we tithe a little bit more? Because, I, you know, I need to change from a... Uh, Ford F two fifty to a Mercedes, you know. Need that new jet. Yeah, need that new jet because <laughs> that's for my ministry. Um, and, and that's not what he's talking about. The tenth, that tithe was enough to take care of the Levitical priesthood and all the workers in the tabernacle. I, there might have been some left over, you know, but it wasn't like that. It was an abundant amount, yeah. you know. So because we know that God is equitable, we know that. Um, so in, in his concept of equality, he's not going to take more from folks to make another group of folks even more, you know, fat and sassy, so to speak, yeah. financially or with good. So um, I wanted to make that clear to you because there was a reason for it, yeah. um, which there's a reason for it today. I mean, you think of today, the time that we live in. A lot of people associate a tithe with they they almost they almost directly attach it to the pastor's salary. Um, well, we got to pay the pastor's salary. You hear around the Church of God, don't muzzle out the ox that treadeth the corn and things like that. And I agree with that. However, there's so many other ministries. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this ministry. You know, uh, the ministry of our our. Uh, um, Live stream, Live stream yeah. you know, our VBS ministry. I mean, all of these things, all these ministries is where the tithe should be coming from. They take from. funds. Yeah, yeah, it takes funds, you know. Um, and I know that there's some people who say, feel like, you know, well, you shouldn't be in a building and things like that. You can believe whatever you want, you know. But when you do decide to do that, or if you decide to rent somewhere, you still got expenses. Yeah, you got to have money. So that's solely what that tithe was for. Um, when we think of tithe, we need to think of it as paying expenses, not, you know, making the preacher more comfortable than what he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think preachers a lot of times get attached to those big salaries, then they feel committed, and you're going to find out that the message is not going to stay the same mm-hmm. because they don't want to lose that big salary. Um, so that's kind of where the whole concept of tithing coming in com- comes in. When you were talking about um, some folks saying that you don't need to tithe today, so I've heard maybe some of those, you know, along with that is, and I think we're going to get into this, well, if everybody was giving offerings like they should, then you wouldn't need tithe. So um, so what what would you say to those folks who say, well, if everybody just, just gives— you know, like they should, mm-hmm. um, then we wouldn't need tithe. Well, understand that the children of Israel didn't have to give that tithe, but giving it was still giving it. Yeah. You know, we, we can, I can take you back into several places in the Old Testament where, you know, it, it said they gave begrudgingly, you know, or they not, it didn't use that, those words, but they didn't give from a heart that was willing to yes. give, you know, so regardless whether it's tithe alms or offerings, it needs to be given in the right way. Now, you know, the whole concept of what you're saying is to take away the term tithe. Mm -hmm. That's all it's for. We don't want to use the term tithe. And I think maybe that there's a couple reasons behind that. Probably the first and foremost is, is we want to be a little different, you know. Or the other thing may be we want to be more appealing to those people who don't see the necessity to have restrictions of a particular amount. But the thing of it is, and we can go there real quick, let's flip over to Matthew chapter 23, verse 30, verse 23 real quick. Mm -hmm. It says, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for you pay tithe, and there's that word, I want you to pay attention, so we find it in the New Testament, and we find the people that he's talking to still doing it. Yeah. So that's pretty important that we understand that. He said, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin 
And all of these things were spices of the very first scripture that we read in First Chronicles yeah. about the corn and the wine and the oil. And he said, and he goes on, and you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. And I think to answer your question in a more in-depth way, Scott, is that there's people who feel like that, you know, if you're giving the right way, you'll automatically be giving that tenth. But I want us to understand that number one, that tenth is a requirement, and that number two, it is not attached to tithes and all and or to alms and offerings. Mm-hmm. They're, that they they're definitely three different things. Yeah, and we've got a scripture in Malachi to sh- to show you that as well. But Jesus, and this is Jesus speaking here in the scripture. He said, "You omitted the weightier matters of the law, which is judgment and mercy and faith." Faith. He said, "These things ought you have to done." In other words, he he said. You shouldn't have got so caught up with paying that tithe. And I think maybe the question that you're asking, maybe there's that perspective that if people are like, well, there's just religions out there who's so caught up, you pay the tithe, pay the tithe, pay the tithe. And we want to separate ourselves from that. But look, there's been a lot of things that have been presented wrong, taught wrong, doctrines taught wrong. But there's a lot of things that are right, and they're just black and white, and there's no way to to skew them any, you know. And this is one of those matters, yeah. because he goes on and he says, "These ought ye have to done, ought ye have done, and not to leave the other undone." Yeah. In other words, you should have tithed and you spent be time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying you should have paid attention to the weightier matters of the law, which is the judgment and the mercy and the faith. And not been so hyper focused on them paying the tithe, the mint and the cinnamon and the anise, but he said you shouldn't have left it undone. Right. Which, if you read the scripture, the implication here is you do both. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's people's like, oh, just faith, love, mercy, and you don't have to pay your tithe. To me, that's a cop-out. Yeah. I mean, it's just a way of not doing something that the Lord wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I feel like it's important that we talk about that part of it as far as the New Testament is concerned. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I was, I was sitting here reading. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. But my thing is, is you know, I, I don't know if it's just other other congregations or whatnot that I've been a part of. You know, just the alms and offerings things has always been, I guess they've just wrapped it together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because... In my mind, you know, thinking back, I mean, I was never taught about tithe other than, you know, that they were done based off like their farm size and things like that, how they gave to them. And um, but I was never taught, you know, hey, when you're given to this, you don't take that away from tithe. It's just it was just always all together. This is all one big lump sum. Here's how we pay it. You know what I'm saying? And and you don't have to pay your tithes to the church. You can pay it to X, Y and Z and as long as it's building up the kingdom of God, which in a way is fine. But in my mind, I'm like, this sounds like there's more to this that I'm missing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's funny because me and my wife talk about this quite a bit, you know, like how we're going to pay our tithes, how we pay them differently, what we tithe, how we pay tithe on taxes and stuff like that. It's kind of an interesting conversation around my household. And, and I'm hoping a lot of answers are being given right now. You know, this is kind of awesome. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Greg, because, um, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me, you know, first of all, I want people to know, I don't know who paid tithes in this congregation and who don't. I don't ask. I don't feel like I have a right to ask. You know, it's, that's none of my business. It's God's business, and I believe he's keeping the record. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when you think about that tithe and you think about that tenth, every time you take away from that tenth, then you're taking away from the ministries in your local congregation, you can think of it as, oh, well, I don't like paying the preacher anyhow. You know, you can think of it that way if you want to. But if you're in a congregation where that's all you're doing is paying the minister, uh, then I'm, you might want to, I mean, yeah. you might want to consider saying, hey, what else are we doing? How are we trying to reach the lost? Yeah. What other ministries do we have? You know, yeah. I think about this scripture that you just read here in Matthew. He says, have omitted the weightier matters. So they were focused on the tithe, right? They were following the law. That had been set up. And we know that the Pharisees and the scribes were very hyper-focused on following those written laws. Sure. But he said that you've admitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and we're going to get to alms. Mm-hmm. And Strong's defines alms as mercy and pity. 
right? And so that's it. That's it. Yeah. He was he was saying, "Hey, you got this tithing thing down, but what are you doing about the lost? What are you doing about the poor? Mm-hmm. How are you reaching out to people?" Right? Um, and I think sometimes, you know, churches can be guilty of this. It's all about. Have you given your tithe? Have you given your tithe? Have you given your tithe? We've all heard about the churches who actually call people yeah. that have left their church, but they're still on the <laughs> Send them book. a letter, right? <laughs> Send them a letter or call them and ask them, hey, mm-hmm. we see that you haven't given your tithe in the last couple of weeks. We sure would like to have that check, right? Um, hyper-focused on the tithe, but missing out on these other um, these other very, well, Jesus said the way to your man. Right, exactly. Right? How we're matters. supposed to treat others, mm-hmm. how we're supposed to help others, how we're supposed to give. And I think about a gentleman that we went to church with in Marion. His favorite scripture oh, was, yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. That's and that him. man gave more. He may have been a little mixed up in some of the things that he thought and felt, but he gave more than anybody I've ever seen. He yeah. would have given his shirt off his back. He'd have given everything. Yeah. And God blessed him, and he did not give begrudgingly at all. No. He took that to heart. Um, and I'm sure he paid tithe, mm. but he really helped a lot of people outside. We went a lot farther than that. Yeah, a lot good. farther than that. Yeah. I, you know, I thought about, as, as Scott was talking there, as far as the alms go, and my mind, and we'll get to it in a minute, but my mind went straight to the homeless bags, Greg, that you decided to yes. do. Yeah. So. You say, oh, well, that's a ministry for the church. No, that's an act of mercy to the poor. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'll just tell you this. I mean, we live in a time, and you guys can disagree with me. We live in a time where people feel like we're going to do just enough. We're not going to do any more. You know, I'm going to do just enough to get paid. I'm not going to go above and beyond. We're going to do just enough to make sure that we're accepted. We're going to do just enough to keep our wives happy. We're going to do just enough, right? Whatever it may be, we're not going to go above and beyond. And I've also often said, you know, you you only win the Congressional Medal of Honor when you go above and beyond. And so the, the offerings part is not really above and beyond, but it could be it's much more above and beyond than just tithe. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, I'll just tell you, whenever you do the homeless bags, and I know around the Church of God that there's a lot of, you know, thoughts about, well, people taking advantage of you if you're, you know, because you're a church and, you know, we're giving too much to that. You know, every time that we give to someone out of a heart that is uh, has a willingness to help, brother, God logs that. Yes. I believe he writes that down yeah. and says, regardless what they do with it, mm-hmm. right? Regardless mm-hmm. what they do with it. Um, I, I was working a construction job. A guy comes out from the emergency room, was at a hospital. You could tell he'd been half beat to death the night before. And he needed a dollar for a bus ticket. And I worked with religious men, not spiritual men. I worked with religious men. There's a big difference, right? So he come out. I gave him a dollar. And they instantly started making fun of me. You know, oh, he's good. you just gave him a dollar to go get a bottle of wine. He's just going to go get a drink. And I really appreciate God's wisdom. I didn't quote no scripture to him. I just looked at him, and, and I truly believe God gave me this to say to him. I said, brother, whenever I handed that man a dollar, God's seen a bus ticket. Now, with whatever he does with that dollar, that's going to be held against okay. him, not against me. So when we give to the poor, and we're supposed to be doing that, yeah. Hey, out there, listeners, church, preachers, hey, preachers, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be giving to the poor. Absolutely. And if we're not doing that, then I feel like that we're, we're missing out on a huge blessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like you know, Jesus said, you did this to the least of these. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. You did that to me. Right. You know, and we, that, I think that's in every walk of life. I mean, take the monetary side out of all of it. I mean, the way we treat each other, this is what the scripture in Matthew is talking about is, you know, when you you know you, the weighted matters is is the things that God or Jesus said that this was the least of it. You did this. You you fed me. That's not money. You went out. You know if you just open the door for somebody at church, you visited me. Why exactly. Clothe me. Yeah. Clothe me. Yeah. Anything like that. You made a phone call. You did this to the least of these. And I, like in, and you've you've heard it in the scripture entertaining angels. You right. know. Yeah. There's things that God keeps track of this stuff. You know. And this is it's bigger than dollars and cents. You know. And I, and that's a big thing for me is. Me and uh, you know my, my household, we try to do more for people than we do, um, I guess money wise. You know what I'm saying? We're not like if I see a homeless man, I'm not about 
handing them cash, but I will hand them a homeless, like a helper bag. Yep. We'll buy them food. Um, a few weeks ago, I was at um, Chick-fil-A and it was cold. I mean, it was good and cold that morning, you know, and this guy was like snuggled up under a lamppost. So I went through, I got him a hot drink and a meal and a cold drink and made sure he had plenty of food, you know, and I get up there and the guy's leaving. I'm like, oh no, no, you're not robbing me of this blessing. I'm gonna roll right through your side, so chased him across that intersection and found him, you know, and handed him the food. But it wasn't about building myself up. It was simply, I know he could use it because yeah. I know I'm, I'm in this car, I'm warm, I'm snuggled up in this nice heat. This guy out here is, and when he told me, when, you know, he's freezing. When, when he told me, when I called him, he says, man, I had to get on my bike so I could warm up. He went for a ride so he could warm up. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that. Right. I was yeah. getting him a coffee to warm him up. This guy's going on a ride to keep his blood pumping through his veins, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And in my opinion, that's what Jesus means. You did this to the least of these. You, you did this. You went out of your way. I didn't have to spend $9 on a Chick-fil-A meal for this guy, but I did. Because once again, I'm entertaining angels. I'm entertaining Jesus. You know, if, if, if I was in that same situation, I would love it for Jesus to show up and show out. And that's the way I look at it is, you know, it's not about the 10% money to us. It's, it never has been. It's just, that's the bare minimum. So, yeah. So to, to, to bring it into perspective on that, um, Greg, so a lot of people would spend that nine dollars or not a lot but there's probably some who would spend that nine dollars and then on sunday whenever they got ready to pay their tithe they take that nine dollars mm -hmm. out of their tithe yeah and so you're not going above and beyond doing mm -hmm. that right i mean and and you know here's the thing when you think about um because what you what you're describing there is giving alms you know when you think about this we may think of it in terms of, oh, well, when I get to heaven, if I do these things, I'll be a little row, one row closer to the front or something, yeah. right? That That's not what happens. Remember, the Scripture said, you know, if we humble ourselves, and I think that these are acts of humility, even the tithe. I believe the tithe is, a, is an act of humility. It's And so when we humble ourselves, in due time, He'll exalt us. And so I have found by doing tithes, alms, and offerings, and keeping them separate, and meeting the biblical requirements for them, that my relationship with Christ, when I started doing that, became sweeter. I mean, the Scripture opened up to me more. I felt like I had better insight to my own worship. I felt like I had better insight to, you know, other people's struggles. Um, it just you you become closer with the spirit of God. People yeah. talk about spiritual disciplines all the time, right? These are spiritual disciplines. That's all they are. You know, it's it's like fasting and praying and reading your Bible. These are spiritual disciplines. These are what these are what makes us spiritual powerhouses. When you understand the concept of tithes, alms, and offerings, and you do them according to the biblical precept of it. I'm telling you, it just increases us spiritually. So, um, you know, I, I'm, let's talk about offerings for just a minute. You know, Scott already read uh, in Genesis or Sorry, mentioned. I jumped ahead. No, no, that's great. <laughs> he, he didn't even know the scriptures that I had wrote down. Um, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, we look at Cain and Abel, and it talks about that they brought an offering. Well, the word offering means gift. So a tithe is not a gift. It's a requirement. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like God saying, now, I need you to do this for me. Okay. And the reason I need you to do this for me is because the Levitical priests don't have a way to take care of themselves. And so I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that you have to do this, right? It is a requirement. And so by that requirement, when they brought those offerings, then we knew that the, the ministry, and I... I I really want to stress to us when we think of ministry, not to think of just the preacher's salary. We have a lot of ministries in our congregation here, our all-day meeting, our, our fall festival, mm -hmm. our vacation Bible school, uh, our Sunday school program. All of those things take money, all those things. And that's what this tithe is for, is to keep the church ministry rolling, to pay the bills, to pay the electric. When Cain and Abel brought their offering, it wasn't an it wasn't a tithe. It was a gift. They yeah. brought a gift before God, right. and and so now how would it be right that I said, "Hey Scott, 
And great, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you guys a cell phone, man. I'm gonna get you a cell phone. And so I get a cell phone, right? And I, I bring it, and and the one I give Scott is is a a nineteen. 29 uh, Android or something, right? It's like the one that hangs on the wall that you crank, right? But I hand over to Greg a a 2021 iPhone 36, man, that drives your car and, you know, fixes your coffee for you and it pays your bills, right? And it automatically takes tithe out. And I present them to you at the same time. Well, that'd be interesting. I mean, if I present them to you at the same time, how's Scott going to feel? It's like, man. Yeah. Yeah. He must really love Scott. He must really love uh, Greg, man. I mean, he said he was going to get us both a cell phone. We both expected the same thing. He said he's going to buy. Imagine how God felt whenever Cain brings a lame offering into him. Mm -hmm. It's an expression of love. That's right. Yeah. That's what is that's what it is. It's an expression of your love. That's what I was trying to get at. It's going to appear that I care more for Greg than I did Scott. Yeah. Simply because of the value that I placed on what I gave. Mm-hmm. Well, think about that in terms of God and go Scott preached a message not too long ago about Hosea is a beautiful message. Think about the value that there was in God trying to tell Israel, you know, stop Committing adultery on me. Stop right. treating me that way. I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about all the good things God does for us. Come on now, guys. Do we not, you know, and our listeners out there, do, should we not be giving God some gifts back? Right. Yeah. I mean, here again, the offering can be our time, yeah. our talents, um, our prayers, a fast. It could be a lot of things, but it is also monetary. Um, I think it's interesting too that I mean, the, it, it all goes back to the bare minimum, you know. And, and a lot of people are bare minimalist people, you know, unfortunately. And you can see it not just in their giving, but you also see it in their work, you yeah. know. And oh, like, that's good, yeah. And at my, you know, in my job, I, I'm not saying that I'm a number one here, but I like to do, I like to be ready. I like to be the next step. I like to go. I like to go above beyond. Because one, it reflects my character. And I think that also says a lot for how I am to Christ. Right. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not going above and beyond and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, yeah, it's inconvenient to go visit people. It's very inconvenient to have to do things because we're busy. I'm a very busy person. I mean, it's insanely busy, you know. Um, not to throw, you know, Ken calls me and goes, hey, I need you to come do some work for me and I need it done this day there's no heads up it's a, he needed it done the day before you know and but it's it's i'm willing to do it you know i've got i'm going to help them out you know what i'm saying um, whether paid or not I'm, I'm coming to help you know i want to be there to help and and that's that's how i try to live my life is the above and beyond right because the bare minimum is not good enough if i gave my kids the bare minimum i think um the if i remember correctly the state only requires you to require them a bed a meal and keep them warm Really, I mean, that's all it is. You don't have to give much more than that. You don't have to discipline. In fact, they, a lot of people don't want you to discipline your children. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. But there's so much that the bare minimum's not good enough. Mm-hmm. It never has and never will be good enough. You have to go above and beyond. If we did the bare minimum in our church, we'd still be in a warehouse with an eight-foot ceiling, you know what I'm saying, with lots and hoping and praying that people actually got something out of it. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because my mind goes automatically goes back again to the expression of love. Mm-hmm. You know, when you love somebody, you really want to give them your best. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. it's driven by that emotion of love, you know. So um, I'll never forget when Teresa and I first got married, I wanted to buy her a new pair of shoes. And I said, come on, you know, we hadn't been married long. I said, come on, I, I want to take you and get you a new pair of shoes. We got we got paid this week. I was, I was in the Army. And, I, and she's like, okay. So we go out to this shoe store. And, and she buys the cheapest pair of shoes, the, the tennis shoes that they got on the shelf, kids. And I'm like, honey, let's get you a pair of shoes. She goes, I want these shoes. I said, those are cheap. <laughs> those are, But she, it's all she'd ever known. She'd never had anything that was, you know, expensive, you know. And she still didn't get the expensive shoes because she liked those shoes, mm-hmm. right? 
but I wanted to do it as an expression to show her how much I loved her. And and this is what the thing, you know, if we love God, it will drive us. Yes. It, I mean, it really will. It will, it, it will, it, there's times that it will nudge us, but I'm, I'm, it, when you're really truly in love, it drives you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think about these expressions of love when there's an opportunity to give an offering, I'm not just expressing my love to Scott if I'm before helping him. Mm-hmm. I'm expressing my love to God. I'm looking at it as, as an opportunity to say, God, I love you and I'm going to help my brother, whether he ever finds out that I helped him or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you know he's ever told that I gave anything, doesn't matter. But at the same time, Lord, I want to show you the love that I want to express to you because it's important for me to show you that I love you. Mm-hmm. And and I think when people come at it from that approach and they they see it as worship, they see it as love, they see it as loving kindness. We yes. preached on that not too long ago, not just kindness, but loving kindness. I think it'll make a difference in the way that we give. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree. It's it's funny too, because it all falls back to the least of these. That's and it, and it, everything right. that everything that's a weighted matter, it's all based on love. It's all it's wild. Yes. Yeah. And I mean it's the smallest of things, you know, it's just you you did it to Jesus. Whether you thought about it or not, whether it was a garbage gift or the best gift, you did it for Jesus. Right. And that, yeah. That's where it comes back. I think sometimes when you go above and beyond, it's just that much more powerful anyway, whether, like you say, giving the homeless man a dollar, you know, whether if your intentions were pure, you know, and you gave that homeless man a dollar, it, it could have been much more powerful in that home. Maybe he was on his way to get a bottle of wine. Maybe that was his original intent. But maybe the power that was behind the dollar you handed him could have changed the dude's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know, but maybe we will one day. You know, um, it's just it all. It's so funny. It just all comes back and just ties into you did this to the least of these. Yeah, exactly. We had um, a few people respond to our survey okay, that we cool. put out. Okay, um, great. And we've got some on the other topics that we asked about. We've got some some topics that they've suggested for us. So we'll, we'll I'll be sharing that with you. But on this particular topic, uh, we had one person that said, don't know much about it and want to learn it all. So hopefully this, this podcast will help them out. Awesome. Um, one person said, do you pay tithes before or after taxes? And I think you answered that um, earlier on. And then one person said, isn't tithes and offerings inclusive of our increase in time? Our increase in happiness, and joy, and forgiveness—ten percent of all. And yeah, I think that's that, a lot wow. of what we've been talking. Wow, about. that's great, man. That's those folks were already on top of that's it. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to share was about offerings. I wanted to share this scripture. This is in Genesis twenty-two and twenty-two, and it said, "And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac." And when you think about this, <clears throat> um. You and I were given the greatest gift in the world from God. Yes. And remember, an offering is a gift. And he gave his only son. Yeah. That was our offering. You know what that was? That was God's expressed love to you and I. Mm -hmm. How in the world? I mean, I'm just wondering. Yeah. How in the world could we not have that all-inclusive, as that person mentioned, desire to give a little bit of our time, yeah. to give a little bit of our talents, to share our happiness. I like that, to yeah. share our happy, to share our joy, mm-hmm. to share our peace and our contentment. But he, he goes on, he says, Take thy only son, Isaac, whom thou... If I pay attention to this. I, I never I never thought about this till just now. He said, Whom thou lovest. Yeah. <laughs> That's... It's right along what we're yes. talking about. And I, when I wrote this scripture down, I didn't even pay attention to that. I just remembered, you know, that. And so he goes, take him to Mount Moriah, make him a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall tell thee of. You know, the amazing thing about this whole scripture is, and you can read this in Hebrews, is that Abraham knew that God was going to do something different mm-hmm. because God had already promised Abraham that Isaac would be a great nation, yeah. that out of Isaac it would come a great nation. So what we see is we see an expression of not just love but of faith. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes down to our ties and our alms and our offerings. Yeah. It's not just an expression of love, but it's an expression of faith as well. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, I just thought that was really, really cool to share that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, was, this has been great. This is whole conversation. Um, one thing I do want to talk about too, though, is, you know, it's kind of like when you do give, you know, given the bare minimum, it's a lot easier for the enemy of our soul to just not, he, he knows it's the bare minimum. He knows you're doing it out of a, a, a soulless body. Anybody can give the bare minimum, you know. Um, but when we take that extra step for alms and offerings, you know, that's when the enemy can get on your shoulder real quick and say, you're trying to get puffed up in this. Mm-hmm. This is you trying to get seen, you know. And I think a lot of that boils back down to, you know, when he's telling us to, to not, we shouldn't talk about stuff like that. You know, when you fast, you should keep that. That's between you and God. You know, a lot of these things is between you and God. Right. Whether if I lay, if, you know, if somebody was sore on money and I laid them a hundred dollars, you know, it shouldn't be, Hey man, I just gave that dude a hundred bucks. You know, I I gave this guy this right here because he was hard up for cash or something like that. You know, right. It should be one of them things is, I mean, that could have literally been an angel. Sure. Nobody even on the earth. Absolutely. We should, it should be between us and God because that's, if we don't, that's going to give more room, you know, a foothold for the enemy to step in and say, oh, you're doing this to get a pat on the back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You want somebody to see this, but the best blessings I've found come from staying in the background yeah, yeah. and yeah. just letting the Lord handle it. That's funny because the, the the last part of our podcast today is about alms, and I had Matthew 6 and 1, and if if someone wants to go to that real quick on your phone, pull that up. Matter of fact, it. yeah, it, what's what, it, it, what's it talking about? Go ahead and read the scripture. It there. says uh, Matthew six and one: Take heed that you do not your alms before men. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you was going to talk about that today. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So that's exactly what he said, and I just happened to have the scripture wrote down. Yeah. You know, you, it, it's amazing how the Spirit of God can work. Mm-hmm. With that being said, in Acts, the 10th chapter, in the second verse, it talks about Cornelius. And this is one of my most favorite stories in the Scripture because Cornelius was not a Jewish person. He was actually of the Italian band, so he was probably a Roman citizen, no doubt. But you know what got God's attention was his almsgiving. You can go to you can go to Acts chapter ten and verse two, and it'll it'll tell you God was just so amazed by him just giving to other people. And again, this isn't pulling it out of the tithe. This isn't saying, oh well, I gave twenty dollars to the love offering. Well, oh, there's a love offering coming up on Sunday, so I was going to give twenty dollars, but I'm going to give ten to Scott because he needs it for that junk iPhone that Brother Ken gave him. <laughs> or, <laughs> and I'm going to so I'm going to give ten to him and put. No, that's not the way it works. Yes. You know, it's it's going above and beyond and past that. And so to me, I, I, that's pretty cool that you brought that up and that, that the scripture was already wrote down. So, uh, you know, just the last scripture that I had, because I think, Scott, you want some time to for, to read those other questions, right? Or No, we're, we're good on this. So oh, got, okay. You got a little bit. I, I thought about for the ones from the other podcasts. Are we going to go over oh, those? No, I'll just share that with those oh, with oh, guys. Okay. Coming up with our next couple of topics. Okay, so if you go to Malachi real quick, chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, will a man rob God? And there's a question mark after that. So I want us to just think of that part. And I want us to ask ourselves the question, will we rob God? Of course the answer is going to be no. No, I'm not going to do that. But if God says, I want you to go give this brother a half hour of your time Mm -hmm. and you're too busy. Did you rob God? If you're struggling with taking your alms money and your, your offering money out of your tithe money. So you can do that bare minimum that we've talked about and finding ways to justify that to say, I'm paying tithe, I'm paying tithe. Right. Then are we robbing God? If we know that we have an, a talent or, a, or a, an ability or something that we can do to help someone else and we don't devote a little bit of our our, our talents to that, are we robbing God? Now, there, there's I like balance. I'm a big guy about balance. I don't like to be too far to the right. I don't like to be too far in nothing, in nothing. You got to be careful because there's those people out there. You can tie them a tenth and they won't be satisfied till you're yeah. giving them 90. Yeah. You know? And that's where I believe God will say, now look, 
you can tell them no. Yeah. Because God tells us no. Yeah. And it's okay to tell other people no. In in mental health, one of the things that we do is is a thing called codependency. And codependency is nothing more than the need to be needed. You're always wanting to fix everybody's problems. You're always wanting, my boss always says, Ken, you need to be in this group. <laughs> so she's telling me that all the time. You can't tell people no. I told my daughter, I said, not being able to tell people no ought to be a diagnosis in the DSM-5 manual, which is the mental health manual, right? But it, it really, you can tell people no. There are people who you can give money to to try to help them, and they're right back around and and just a load. Oh well, Greg gave me a hundred dollars last time. He'll give it to me this time, and they're just cons. It's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. So there's balance to it, right? Of course, whenever this question is asked, will a man rob God? The answer is going to be no. Yeah. But then the scripture goes on, yet ye have robbed me. Yeah. In other mm-hmm. words, God's saying, you know, the, the Malachi is saying, will you rob God? Will will you do it? And of course, they're saying to themselves, no, because the implication is next, yet you have robbed me. I'm going to go ahead and tell you whether you believe you have or not, you have. Yeah. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Those and is a conjunction, which means it's putting two words together. And so it's marrying these two words and why does it do that? Because they're different. Mm-hmm. Not because they're the same, right? but because they're different. So tithes and offerings are automatically shown here as two different things. I just wanted to point that out to you. Yeah. Just like if you go back to Matthew 23 and 23, it's showing you that you tie cinnamon and anise and cumin, and that's good. But you left off the way. Again, it's showing that there's a difference mm-hmm. between tithes, alms, and offerings. Right. And if anybody gets anything out of this podcast, I just want you to get that I promise you, as a Christian, if you practice what we just talked about, just try it for a month. Just give yeah. it a shot. Try, try, try tithing from your gross, which is your first fruits. Try giving offerings that's not coming from your tithe. Try paying, giving alms. Try tithing your time and your happiness and your joy and your peace and your talents. And, and see what happens in a month when you do that. Just do an experiment. Just see what happens. You know, the last last thing I want to say before we get into closing thoughts is that, you know, a lot of this stuff I was already doing, you know, well, I was doing all this, but I didn't have it categorized. I didn't understand the categories before we started this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and I just want to say anybody listening is that you're probably already doing this in some form or fashion. So... To me, now my challenge to take away from this is I am going to go back and I'm going to try to identify these and say, well, this is just part of my tithe. You know, feeding the home, homeless is just part of my tithe. No, it's not. It's not mm-hmm. anymore. You know, now right. now I can put, because, you know, knowledge is power. You know, right. I, didn't, I didn't understand this until now, so now I'm, I'm accountable for this. So I, I want to go back now and rationalize how my tithe works and how my alms and offerings work. Um, so this is, this, like I said, this has just been great. So like I said, don't, don't feel like we're beating you up, you know, because we're not, it's just a conversation of, cause I'm learning this. I mean, I told these guys in text messages all earlier this week that this is a huge learning thing for me myself. So, um, I've done, been doing this stuff, but now I'm going to actually be able to focus on it with a different set of eyes and say, okay, now this is what this is. And this is how this goes to. I could separate them now instead of just being like, well, that's just part of tithe and keep rolling with my business. So right. um, I'm, I'm really, really glad from the growth on this. This has been awesome. So I, I think one of the things that people think whenever you talk about this is that, you know, it, especially when a preacher is doing it, I think sometimes <laughs> that, okay, he's, you know, just trying to get us to give more. You know, I, I told you at the beginning of this, I do not know what people give here. I have no clues. Matter of fact, I couldn't even tell you what was in the general fund right now. I check with Rob quite a bit sometimes because we struggle some financially, right? But um, for the most part, I have no clue. I think if a preacher is more interested in who's paying ties, that he's lost his focus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I would agree. Let me me rephrase that. I want to be a little little more stringent with it. If he has lost his focus. Mm -hmm. Not, I think he has lost his focus. When all you're worried about is, you know, what people's doing with their money, you've lost, you've lost your focus. Yeah. And so, 
I think it's important for you to understand too that you know some people like to look at these things as gate requirements, right? Well, will that get me into heaven? Will that get me through the gates of heaven? I'm not saying what you do, what you don't do may get you or not get you into the gates of heaven. All I'm asking you to do a little experiment. Try it. See what happens. See if you don't. I mean, see if the windows of heaven don't open up and God don't pour you out a blessing. Does that mean if I keep doing what I'm going to do, Brother Ken, that I, I may not get into heaven? I don't know. I'm not your judge. Yeah. All I'm doing is presenting and through this podcast, we're just trying to share with you that this is just how the Bible has it set up. You From there, you do... Knowledge is power. Like oh, yeah. you said, you do with it whatever you want to do with it. I just I want more than the gate code. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I want a shuttle bus. I want to be you know, rolling you in when I get over there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't definitely don't want to come up short when I get over right. there. I don't yeah. want to be the one to show up on that day and be like, well, you could have done this. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think any of us going to get to heaven and God say, you know, you, you gave too much. I mean, I can't <laughs> let you in. Yeah. <laughs> you just gave too much. Yeah. That's your problem. Always giving. Yeah. Always giving. Um, well, this has been great. Um, I appreciate, you know, Brother Ken and Brother Scott showing up and teaching me. I, I, I'm just have to go fathom most of the stuff that we went through today. Um, so moving forward, we do have some more topics coming up. Uh, Brother Scott sent out a, um, a survey that we did through our church. Um, now, granted, that's just local, but we could set up another one, and I can put the hyperlink in this episode's description. Um, so that there, that way we can get more of people outside of just our you know our congregation. Um, and I also try to put that same survey in our church's Facebook page, um, that description. Um, that way we can also once again have another avenue. Uh, a couple cool things is so last time I did misspeak. Um, we're not we cannot do comments on these podcasts, but we can do reviews if you like it. And actually. What, from what I understand with the algorithms through iTunes and all these, if you write a review on our podcast, if you like it, which we hope you like it, if you put a review on there, it actually helps boost us up where people get more visual. They see us over others. Okay. So like if people are putting reviews oh, good and yeah. see a lot of that stuff, then that actually sends us to a, a higher level. So when people search Jesus and um, or any of the keywords that I put in when I put in these podcasts, they actually will see us move up the list so that we we're actually number one um that way we don't have to pay for this kind of stuff uh, which is really great um so if you could give us a review that'd be awesome like and share tell all your friends um because all we're doing is trying to literally break down the barriers between what the misconceptions of what jesus teaches and what is really there right. um, and we're back in all this with scripture so uh thanks again for joining in uh we look to see you in a couple of weeks and we'll have us another topic sent out then. Um, thanks for all listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.